We are back with another fun season of Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Today, we're going to look back at the Super Bowl era, and we're going to kick it off with three-time Super Bowl Viking safety, Jeff Wright. I'm Pete Bursich, and it's great to say welcome back to another season of Skull Stories presented by 3M. Mark Rosen and I will be bringing you Skull Stories all throughout this season, alongside producer Jay Nelson to bring you some new and interesting conversations with some of the greatest Vikings of all time. So, Jay, you know, seeing how we're, we're, we're kicking off the season with a decade of dominance, we got the throwback jerseys, it's great to be able to bring in someone who experienced three of the four Super Bowls, yeah. and, and not only that, but was a gopher, grew up in Edina. You talk about tied to the Twin Cities area, Jeff Wright is absolutely the guy. It's kind of the uh, the ideal hometown kid story. When you're looking at the amount of people that were a part of that Super Bowl era, the fact he was there for three out of the four is incredible. And, um, you know, the fact that he's still running around and, and uh, just kind of recanting his stories about it is pretty great, too. So it's a no brainer when we were thinking about people that could be a part of this upcoming weekend and really be able to shed some light on some amazing stories. Well, if you, if you didn't know, Jeff Wright is a former Vikings defensive back, was here from 1971 to 1977, a 1970 All Big Ten Conference team member for your Golden Gophers. And, of course, a native of Edina, Minnesota. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program Vikings legend Jeff Wright. Well, Jay, since we are kicking off the season uh, on Sunday with a focus on the decade of dominance and looking back on the Vikings Super Bowl appearances, we figured we'd bring on someone who was part of three three of those Super Bowl teams. He's former defensive back from 1971 to 1977, a 1970 Big Ten Conference team member. For all you Golden Gophers, you'll remember him. A native of Edina, Minnesota, please welcome Vikings legend Jeff Wright. Jeff, how are you today? And welcome to the Decade of Dominance celebration. Are you you just thrilled to be part of it? Do you look back (laughs) <laughs> on your time well, as a Viking yeah. and say it was a decade of dominance? Good morning. There's no question about it. First of all, let me say what a privilege and a pleasure it is to be with you guys this morning. And absolutely, it was uh, a dominant time in the uh, history of the Vikings and certainly uh, football in Minnesota. And I uh, was honored to be a part of it. Believe me, it was an exciting time. And, uh, you know, I had the great fortune of playing with just some phenomenal athletes and uh, certainly the finest coach a gentleman could have an opportunity to play for. So it was just a remarkable time. And Jeff, so your story is unique in, in so many ways. I think one of the biggest ones is, the, is being the hometown kid, right? You grow up in Edina, I mean, right here in Minneapolis. And then when it comes time to go to college, I don't know, you go about 20 minutes away to the University of Minnesota, and then you're drafted and, and stay in town here. But tell me what it was what it was for you to be able to just, you know, get your high school football done in Edina, but then you get to continue your career right here with the Gophers, and what was your time at University of Minnesota like? Well, it, it was remarkable. You know, I might family, my dad was a pediatrician here uh, for many, many years, decades, in fact, and and uh, I lived here up until we retired and moved down to Arizona. But it was, you know, storybook. I mean, there are very few guys uh, that have an opportunity, number one, to go to high school in a town, to go to college in the same town, and then be privileged to uh, play professionally. And 
And uh, certainly that was my case. I mean, I, you know, I played for Staff Kanakis at uh, Edina, and, you, you know, you talk about getting a great foundation and the basics and, uh, you know, the, the desire to go on and play a game. Went on and was fortunate to get a scholarship to the University of Minnesota. Uh, interesting story, however, is uh, I was uh, a few days away from signing a letter of intent to the University of Colorado, and I got a call from a very infamous uh, sports writer by the name of Sid Hartman. <laughs> I knew it. I knew he tied it. I knew he was he was intertwined in this story somewhere. Yeah, and uh, you know, Sid calls and he says, you know, you've had a great career here at Edina. He, he asked me one, he said, I'm going to ask you one question. Where do you want to live when you're done, you know, playing your college football and I said well of course I'm a Minnesota guy I want to be in Minnesota and he goes well why in the heck would you sign with University of Colorado and I said Sid one reason I haven't heard anything from the University of Minnesota and you know we cordially talked for a couple more minutes and then Sid very Sid Hartman-ish this, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get off the phone. And I'm sure the next call was to Murray Warman because within about 15 minutes, I got a call from Bob Gangola, the defensive back coach at the University of Minnesota, and basically offered me a scholarship right on the, right on the spot. And uh, that's how I ended up at the University of Minnesota. Now you you were inducted into the Gopher Hall of Fame in 2016. So the guys behind you refer to you as one of your team as one of their teammates. Oh yeah, you know, I was there with I was there with Jeff Wright. When you showed up on the Gophers campus, um, who was it on the team that that just kind of left you in awe, so to speak, or you knew that you were taking the next step? Well, I, it happened very early on, you know, the freshmen come in uh, about a week before the varsity does. And as a freshman, I graduated uh, from Edina High School playing football at 155 pounds, going over to a you know Big Ten college, and and uh, you know everything was spectacular the first uh, four, five, six days, and then you know the first uh, meal we have all together with the varsity coming in, you know the freshmen are all in there sitting down, and and all of a sudden. You know, the varsity team comes in to sit down at their places for the first meal together. And I watched this line of mammoth human <laughs> beings come walking in, and uh, I'm sitting there at 155 pounds, shaking like a dog that's been wet and frozen. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, my goodness. I, You know, and I'll never forget it after that dinner, I went back to the dorm, I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I think I might have made a mistake. Well, and what's amazing is that 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 story still goes on today. It, it You know, I remember feeling the same way my first day at, at college. It's it's amazing how, how much you change, right, from an 18-year-old to a 22-year-old young man. But just that decision of, do I stay and fight, or do I just you know, call no joy and get out of here. Well, yeah, and I had the misfortune of hurting my knee very early in my freshman year. And back then, all you did was practice against the varsity, and basically they used us greenies, they called us back then, as, as uh, you know, hamburger meat. and uh, <laughs> Cannon you know, fodder. It was not... 
it, it was not real pleasurable because you really didn't play any games. And, and uh, so as it turned out, you know, I wasn't necessarily disappointed that I got hurt and missed the entire season. On the other hand, I figured that, you know, it was going to be a real challenge to get back and be a long term team member of that and and uh, having had that knee surgery there's obviously a lot of rehabilitation and uh but as it turned out you know I went back in as a sophomore and was very fortunate to you know play early my uh sophomore year and ended up uh playing right on through and being captain in 1970 so the interesting thing about it is guys uh, and Pete you probably know this I mean really I did not give you know, even college sports, when I was playing Eddie Dine, I, I played football, basketball, and baseball, and you just don't think ahead to yeah. that next step. Uh, and so when I had the opportunity and, and ended up having the career I had, you know, I, I hadn't given professional football a thought. Murray Warmath called me in about three weeks before the season ended and, and said, you've been elected to play in the Swiss Shrine game in the Hula Bowl. And that's the first time that something clicked in my mind that told me, you know, those are kind of the precursor. Back then, they didn't have all the combines and all the things. It was those right. games, you know, particularly the Swiss Shrine game that uh, we went out to San Francisco and you practiced, you know, you, you went out two or three weeks before the game and you practiced twice a day and it was like a training camp. And, and it was a pre- precursor to, you know, here are people that are going to be, you know, at some point in time part of the NFL. And I, you know, played against some of the real good ones there. And um, so, I mean, you know, everything came together. I think one of the things that, you know, I still thank God about, and that's that my parents had an opportunity to see me play after after high school and into college, and I played with my brother at Paul at the University of Minnesota. And, you know, my folks traveled for many of the Viking games, too, and, and uh, it was just, a, they were such great sports fans, and uh, the kind of parents that just encouraged the heck out of you but never pushed you. And uh, for me, it was a thrill that they had the opportunity to see me play professionally. And my whole athletic experience was just, it's been a remarkable ride and I'm forever thankful. And the friendships that you develop, you know, in sports at all levels are just uh, friendships that you have forever. It means an awful lot. Stick around for more Skull Stories presented by 3M. We'll be back with more from Jeff Wright right after this. Welcome back to tonight's edition of Skull Stories presented by 3M. Let's get back into our conversation with three-time Super Bowl safety Jeff Wright. Now, Jeff... In 1971, you were drafted in the 15th round by the Minnesota Vikings. You mentioned your college, you know, wake up call when you showed up there. What was it like? You show up to the Minnesota Vikings just having come off a loss uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So what what was it like stepping into a program that had you know just just gone to the big game? And, you know, unbeknownst to you, we're going to head back there three more times in your career. Well, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I was drafted 15th back then. You know, they had uh, 20 rounds. 
Uh, today, obviously, they have far less than that. I was a 388th player out of 400 and some drafted. I was, I'll never forget the call I got from Jerry Reichow indicating that I'd been drafted uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. And, and at the time, I was, you know, number one, unbelievably thankful that I was drafted. But I had done some analysis of the Vikings, and, you know, they were very strong in their secondary. They've had, you know, guys like Krause that were all pro, Eddie Schrockman, Carl Kosalki, you know, he'd been all pro. And, and so, you know, at the time I was drafted, I was thankful to be drafted, but I was not necessarily excited about uh, the prospect of going in with a team that's loaded with strength in the secondary. But right. as it turned out, and, and uh, you know, throughout my whole career, I, I was up against guys that were very talented athletes. And, and uh, you know, I just, uh, people told me I couldn't do it in Edina. People told me I couldn't play at the university. Sid Hartman certainly told me he could never be a professional player. <laughs> and the more people told me that I couldn't, the stronger I got. And it just was, uh, you know, once I got into training camp, and in fact, they drafted me as a corner. And I, uh, two, two quick stories, drafted me as a corner. And after about the first week or so of training camp, I realized that, you know, I don't, I believe I could help this team, but I didn't think that it was at corner. So we went and played Pittsburgh, I think was my third preseason game, my rookie year. And all of a sudden in the middle of the first quarter, Bud Grant calls me over and he says, go on in for Bobby Bryant. So I go into the huddle and it's all starters. You know, back then the starters played for usually a half to three quarters of the game. And I get in the huddle, and Lonnie Warwick looks up at me. He says, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, see the guy over there in the purple hat with the short hair? He told me to come in for Bobby Bryant. Lonnie just said, you know, kind of gruffly, okay, let's go. Called out the defense, and we got going. And, uh, you know, later that day, I middle of the third quarter, Bud took me out. I'm standing next to Lonnie on the sidelines. I didn't know it was Lonnie. And all of a sudden, he comes over and he gives me a jab in the, right below in my ribs, below my shoulder pads. And he says, you know, he says, I think you can help this team, Rook. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed to really inspire me to work harder to make sure I could uh, help this team. My rookie year, 1971, I played primarily special teams. 1972, Carl was hurt for seven games, and I played seven. He played seven. And then, unfortunately, the tragic accident before the 73 season, which gave me an opportunity to become a starter. Um, I wish it had been a, a, a different outcome in a different way, but that's the way, you know, it, it happened. Uh, but, you know, the, the whole, as I look back and I, I think about the National Football League at that time, you know, I think that Bud Grant with the culture and, uh, you know, the team that he built, the, the attitude and the psychology that was the, the players understood I believe that it was probably one of the very few opportunities in the professional football league at that time that I could have played for. 
Now, Jeff, uh, you're coming in this weekend for the decade of dominance. The Minnesota Vikings are recognizing the 70s as a decade where, uh, you know, the Purple People Eaters were around. This was, uh, you know, four Super Bowl appearances in 10 years. What are you looking forward to most uh, when you get out here and you're able to get on the field and, and, and just get back together and maybe get that old feeling one more time with your teammates? Well, I think, Pete, that's exactly what it'll be. It's uh We'll get out there and we'll walk on that turf and we'll get together and we'll tell stories and you kind of get to the point where, I mean, you really do feel like let's go strap it on again and let's go do it. <laughs> and then you then you take a look at the actual players and you go, thank goodness I'm not playing today. But it, we're, we're so thrilled and thankful that uh, we're able to come back. I think there's going to be a, a wonderful turnout. I've seen a list of the guys that have responded. And this one I'm looking forward to like none we've been at before because I think there'll be some players that I haven't seen for 30, 40, 50 years. And, Jeff, before, before I let you go, uh, I need one good Bud Grant story. Everybody I've ever spoken to, that played for Bud Grant, they always have at least one good story. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, give me your best Bud Grant story, and then we can, uh, we'll can we let you go. Well, I, it's a very easy one for me. I was, when we were punting, you know, I was the guy between the center who snaps the ball and the punter who obviously catches and kicks the ball. And we were playing one time at the Met, and we were kicking from, you know, the, the 40 yard line and the snapper snaps the ball. And Mike, I said, it's a rainy, wet day. He catches it and he goes to punt the ball and his plant foot slips and he sends this line drive right into the back of my butt. (laughs) So I turn around and I pick the ball up and I start running around the left end because I see a little opening. And then at the very last minute before I cross the line of scrimmage, I see this big defensive guy coming in and I'm thinking, I got to punt this. So if I were to punt a ball, normally I'd punt with my right foot, but I plant with my right foot and can only kick it with my left foot. And I kick it, and it goes about seven yards, and it goes right by Bud Grant out of bounds. <laughs> and I come off the field, and I see him with a smile on his face. And I walk by, and he says, great thought, terrible execution. <laughs> <laughs> and That's fantastic. Giggling. That's he fantastic. giggling, and I thought, boy, there's a Bud special. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your contribution to Skull Stories. We're trying to to keep the memories alive, document, record, just everything that is the Minnesota Vikings, and I hope you enjoy your weekend with the Vikings opener against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Skull Vikings. All right, Skull Vikings. A big thank you to Jeff for joining the show tonight. This weekend looks to be a great celebration of the legends of yesterday, as well as a new beginning to this exciting Viking season. I know there's a lot of uh, a lot going on with the 1998 season, that being 25 years or so ago, and and we started out, we opened up at home with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So after the Vikings coming off a 13 and four season, 
you know, the loss to the Giants leaves a sour taste. And it, it, it I think, Jay, it's a season of question marks. Sure. I want to put it that way. And, and what we we know what we know, but then there's a lot of key question marks. And I, I can't wait till Sunday and to be able to find out exactly, you know, what what is our running game going to mm-hmm. look like? What is our revamped scheme-wise defense with a ton of new faces going to look like? And ironically, we're kind of going against a, a, a team that's in the same boat. I mean, they're, they're a little different in that they're returning a lot of veterans from a solid defense, but offensively, very heavy pass oriented. You know, they're they're revamping their offense to figure out what they're going to do. We're revamping our defense to figure out what we're going to do. And then you have a pretty solid offense and a pretty solid defense. That's about as quickly <laughs> as yeah. you can sum this game up. It's it's a, a crazy balance, and both teams are kind of looking to reset their identity on one side of the ball. And it just so happens that both of us, you know, our strengths are against their strengths and, and our question marks are against their question marks. So for me, I'm really excited just to get out there. And typically, you know, the beginning of a season, the defense is usually a little bit ahead of the offense. So for us, we're going to uh, – you know, kind of find out what we've got there a little bit and just yeah. see what finally gets uh, Pandora's box gets opened right. and see what's going to happen. I, there's so many kind of new names on defense and then question marks, but I think overall this, this day is going to be dominated by you know the wide receivers, obviously Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, uh, Jordan Addison. What what do those what are those three going to look like, and will it be like 1998 with Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Jake Reed? Anything close to it? We'll see. So the flow of this game in the fact that we hadn't seen any of our starters in preseason, it's just an unbelievably exciting opener. It's a game I think the Vikings really need to win as, as home openers go because you're going right away Thursday night into Philadelphia. So there's not a, I don't know if a tougher environment exists. But got to get through that first one. So this is a big game for this team. Yeah, one week does not make a season, but it can help set the tone. So hopefully for these guys, go out there on Sunday at home in a crazy environment that's really focusing on this uh, kickoff classic weekend. And you know, for all Vikings fans and for the team especially, getting a win at home would be ideal situation going in, like you said, to that tough week number two in Philadelphia. Well, Jay, thanks again for helping us out with our kickoff episode for 2023. I'm looking forward to another great season of Skull Stories. Mark Rosen should be back with us next week or so. And, you know, we're, it's it's you know, the marriage thing, the honeymoon thing. We'll see how long see how long he can stretch out, you know, stretch out that honeymoon. So for Jay Nelson and Viking Legends, Jeff Wright, I'm Pete Bursich. Thank you again for tuning in to another edition of Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science and technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week.